Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Uh, I want to lay some groundwork, and that's really just what I want to do tonight. I'm not trying to get too deep into this topic, but I want to lay some groundwork for a series that I'm starting uh, called The Power of Habits. The power of habits. And so, yes, talking about habits uh, is a very practical thing, but I want you to know that habits can have enormous spiritual impact. Can somebody say amen to that? And it, it's at this time of the year, at the, the beginning of a new year, that for numerous reasons we seem to be more open to consider things like this in an effort maybe to improve or better our lives or to deepen our relationship with God. And, and so I want, I want to talk, I want to take some time to talk about this, and I believe that the potential uh, for the carryover uh, of this in our lives is substantial. And, and if you will open your heart, and if you will not tune this out, and if you will engage I believe that the potential is significant for what can result uh, through, through this time of considering the power of our habits. And so before I get into the crux of what I want to share with you tonight, I want to share with you some books on the subject. There may be some of you that are like, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I need this, and, and I, I want to I deep dive, or I, I want to go beyond. I want to get the ball rolling, and uh, I don't, I don't want to wait until next Wednesday night. I want to go ahead and do some things, and if that's, if that's you, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, uh, I'll let you know that one of the books that I'm, I'm going to be using and drawing from, it's a book that is called Atomic Habits. And uh, if you want to make a note of that and check that out later, it's by an author by the name of James Clear. Now, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, this is not a theological book. It is a behavioral science book, and uh, it, is, it, is, it is wonderful. It's, it's very well done, um, and, and if you want to check that out, then I encourage you to do so. As a matter of fact, if there's enough interest uh, in picking that book up and reading it, we'll start a book club. And uh, we'll all, you know, read through it in the month of January and get together and, and discuss it. And so maybe if there's, you know, 10 or 12 of you that would be interested in that, let me know. Uh, Jesus had 12 disciples, so maybe if there's 12 of you, I know it's not going to be all of you, but if, if there's some of you that would be interested in that, let, let me know. One thing that I will try to do, I found a great summary uh, on this book, and I will post that in our Facebook group uh, so you can peruse that if you don't want to read the 300 some odd pages but uh, would like a summary. I, I've got a great one that I can share, and I'll do that in the Facebook group. But really, there, when you think about habits, there's a plethora of good books on, on the subject, and uh, one of them has been around a long time. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Anybody heard of that one? Anybody read that one? A few of you have read that one. That one's by Stephen Covey. It's a classic. And then John Maxwell, the leadership guru, he has a lot of good material on the subject. The book, uh, Developing the Leader Within, is one of those. And then one of, one of my favorites that I've recommended uh, for years is a book by Gordon McDonald. And uh, this, this, uh, the name of that one is Ordering Your Private 
world. And uh, just, a, just a wonderful book about the inner workings and, and the importance of, of structure uh, in your life. And then, then when it comes to spiritual, the spiritual disciplines aspect of, of habits and habit creation, I recommend a book called A Celebration of Disciplines. And for those of you who are part of my pastor's book club last year, that's one of the books that we read through and, and, and dug into. But that's by author Richard Foster, A Celebration of Discipline. There's another one uh, that I would recommend called A Long Obedience, excuse me, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by John Piper. And uh, so those are a few books that if you want to kind of dig into, um, you're, you're welcome to do that. If you need me to share those titles or authors after service, come see me. So we're going to talk about habits and, and why, why does this matter? Why are habits important? Well, I want us to put this on the screen, but very simply, it's because what you do repeatedly impacts who you become. What you do over and over and over, day after day, week after week, month after month, that is who you are going to become. So if you repeatedly make good financial decisions over time, then that's going to result in you being financially successful. If you repeatedly make good relationship choices, then you're going to have healthy relationships. And likewise, if you will learn to adopt spiritual disciplines, if you will create some good biblical spiritual habits, if you'll begin to do those things and repeat them over and over again, they are going to pay spiritual dividends in your life. So if you make up in your mind, hey, we're going to go to church, we're going to be faithful to the house of God, we're not going to be one of those households that, that, you know, people begin to ask as it gets close to church time, are we going to church today? But the answer is just, we're going. If there's church, we're going to be there. And if, you're, if you will attend faithfully, that's a spiritual discipline that will be a blessing to you and to your family. Acts chapter 17, verse number 2, tells us that it was the Apostle Paul's custom. It was his habit to go to the synagogue. I preached on it a few months ago that it was Jesus' custom. Remember, Jesus went to church. Anybody remember that message? It was his habit to go to the synagogue. And so if you, if you develop a spiritual habit like attending church, if you'll develop a spiritual habit like praying without ceasing, right? That is a habit that you form, not just that you're going to pray when you get in a posture of prayer and that you can only pray when you're on your knees or that you can only pray, you know, when the church is praying. But if you'll say, you know what, I'm just going to pray through my day. I'm just going to pray when I'm in my car. I'm just going to pray when I'm on my lunch break. I'm just going to pray when a need arises. I'm just going to pray without ceasing. It's going to benefit you greatly. If you'll develop a spiritual discipline or habit of reading the Word consistently, if you'll develop a discipline of tithing regularly, listen, those things repeated and done over and over and over again, over a period of time, they will have a compounding effect on your life. They will have an enriching effect on your life. So habits matter. Listen, New Year's resolutions are good. And if you made any, 
this year, then, then, then I applaud you, and I, I wish you well on that. But here's the bad news about New Year's resolutions. The bad news is that 90%, 92% to be exact, of New Year's resolutions will fail by Valentine's Day. Because you know why? We end up doing what we don't want to do. And, and, and we end up doing, you know, and we end up doing what we don't want to, like, like Paul relays in Romans 7, what we want to do, we don't do, what we don't want to do, we do. And then we end up, because of that, feeling like Paul felt when he exclaimed at the end of that discourse in Romans 7, he said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Why? Because I failed. I didn't meet that, 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 that resolution. I didn't fulfill it, and so now I feel worse than when I started. So, so you got to be careful about that. But then here's what Paul did in Romans 7 that I think that we've all got to do as well. He shifted the focus from himself, and he shifted his focus to the one who truly had the power to change him, and that's Jesus Christ. He acknowledged, I'm a sinner. I can't do it on my own. What a wretched man that I am. But then he said, through Jesus Christ. And we've got to understand tonight that habits are good and habits are powerful, but you trying to do things on your own is not sufficient. You trying to make a resolution on your own is inadequate. We've got to be reminded tonight that Jesus Christ is the source of true change. Jesus Christ is where our strength is going to come from. Jesus is the one who can heal us. He's the one who's able to make all things new. As a matter of fact, in his letter to the church in Corinth, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So tonight and over the next few weeks, I pray that you will begin to see some new emerging in your life. With the help of God and with you determining to do what you can do, I believe it can happen. Listen, we're getting ready to go into a season of prayer. 21 days of prayer begins this Sunday. And so we're we're getting ready to go into that. And listen, I I want you to know, I believe that this 21-day period can be a very, very important part of you seeing the power of habits come to fruition in your life. That there can be some things that are established in these next 21 days that carry over, not just to the rest of this year, but carry over to the rest of your life. During these 21 days, you can put some things on the altar and you can leave them there in Jesus' name. During this 21 days, I'm believing for some of you to pick up something new, to begin to do something that you haven't done before or maybe you haven't done in a while. I'm believing that during this 21-day period, you can form some new habits to the glory of God. Amen. And you can break some old habits to the glory of God. But why is it that so many of us genuinely have good intentions, but our good intentions don't lead us to where we want to be? I mean, we want to lose weight, you know, and we want to be a more balanced person, and we want to be more spiritually minded or whatever it may be, but then we find ourselves failing over and over again and again. So let let me talk to you real quick about why we don't always succeed as it pertains to good intentions. 
I want you to think about this. Almost everyone that you know, for the most part, has similar goals in life. If we were to survey 100 of you and ask you what's really important in life, most of what you would say would fall into the same categories. Most of you, the majority of you would probably say something about, you know what, you want to be healthy. You, you, you want to eat better. You want to exercise more often. You want to make better choices. And so you want to, you know, you want to be more healthy in some way. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, anybody who's saying, you know what, I, I, really, I really just want to, to, to see how unhealthy I can be this year. I, I want to see how, how high I can drive my cholesterol. When, when it comes to finances, most people would say, you know what, I, I want to be financially healthy. I, I want to get out of debt. I, I don't know anybody who, wants to, who has a goal this year to double your debt. I want to see if I can just tank my credit score this year, right? No, nobody thinks like that. Nobody does that. We all want good relationships. We all want to be closer to the Lord than what we have been in the past. We want to grow in our faith. We want to make a difference with our lives. We, we want to find a way to make a difference in the world around us. So really, most of us want the same things. We have similar goals or hopes, but here's the, here's the rub. From person to person, the results can vary dramatically. Here's some people that will achieve what they set out to do, and, and others are going to fall short. Some, some are going to see the good intentions become reality, and others are going to be faced with those same good intentions a year from now. In fact, I, I, I like what James Clear said in his book, Atomic Habits. He said that winners and losers generally have the same goals. Not, nod your head if you're hearing me. Winners and losers generally have the same goals. Successful people and unsuccessful people usually have the same goals. Think about it. At the beginning of a sports season, you know, does any, does any coach, you know, what, what, what does the coach say to the team? They say, hey, you know what, the goal this year is that we want to win the division. We, we want to win the championship. Now, nobody says, hey, come on, team, let's see if we can take last place this year. No, nobody does that. What, they, they've got the same goals. We want to we wanna end on top. We want to win more than we lose. We want to be champions. When somebody gets married, what do they want? They want to live a life of love. They, they, they want a blessed life. They want to be happy. Nobody goes into the marriage saying, oh, you know what, I hope we can make it five years, seven years, and we'll start it all over again. We'll, we'll get divorced and find somebody new. No, no, nobody goes into marriage thinking that, wanting to fail. We generally have the same idea. We want something similar but we end up in different places with different results. So why is that? James Clear in that book teaches this idea, and I love it. And he teaches that goals don't determine success. Systems do. Systems do. Well, what's a system? It's what you do over and over and over. It's your strategy. It's how you live your life. And you might be thinking, well, I don't have systems. Yes, you do. They're either systems that you've created purposefully or they're systems of default. It's things that you just do naturally. And, and the systems in our life is what produce results. 
The systems in our lives is what determines whether we succeed or fail. The systems in our life are determined whether we're growing or we're stagnating. And so he's saying, you know, goals alone, it's not going to get it done, but you've got to have systems to back it up. Listen, goals are where you want to end up, but systems are required to get you to that place. The goal's where you want to go, but how you get there is a system. Because of that, goals alone will not produce the desired result in us, but systems will. In fact, to directly quote his book, he said, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. You might have lofty goals, you might have lofty aspirations, but really what your life is going to be is the sum total of your systems. What is it that you are doing? What are you doing day in and day out? It's not what you want to be, it's what you're doing. So you may say, well, you know, Pastor, that, that doesn't sound real spiritual, and you're, you're quoting this, this, this author of this, you know, science book. But, but listen, if, you'll think, if you really begin to think about it, there are examples of what I'm talking about all through the Word of God. There's people who made up their mind to live differently. There's people who made commitments. There's people who answered the call of God and chose to live differently than the rest of the world. And what happened? their life ended up differently than everybody else's. Well, one such individual that I think about in the Word of God is Daniel of the Old Testament. Yes, he experienced opposition. Yes, he was trapped by his adversaries. Yes, he was thrown into a den of lions. But listen, because of his repeated over and over again obedience to God, because Daniel had some spiritual systems built into his life, Daniel went on to experience great favor. He went on to see success in his life. And it wasn't because of something that he did one time. It wasn't because he made a New Year's resolution that he kept for three or four weeks. But it's because of something that he did over and over and over again. You see, we want immediate results, don't we? We pray two or three days in a row, and man, we think that we're spiritual powerhouses. You know, we think that's how it's supposed to be. But I'm talking about a habit that Daniel had. I'm talking about a system that he lived by. For years and years, the Bible tells us that Daniel prayed three times a day. It didn't matter who was around him. It didn't matter what anybody else was doing. It didn't matter if they outlawed it. It didn't matter if they threatened him with a den of lions. Daniel was going to pray. He had a predetermined decision. I am going to call on the Lord. I'm going to be a man of prayer. And listen, he prayed three times a day, and Daniel didn't even have the Holy Ghost like you and I do. But he prayed three times a day. And if you want to grow in your faith, listen, it's not going to be because you have good goals. If you want to seek success in your life, it's not going to be because you've got some good goals. It's going to be because you live according to some positive systems. It's going to be because you develop some holy habits in your life. Listen, if you have systems in place that build your faith, that strengthen your knowledge, that produce intimacy with God, then you will be more likely to become the person that you want to become. That is the power of habits. And if you can change your habits, 
you'll change your life. If you'll change your habits, you'll change your destination. Does anybody believe that tonight? Amen. So we're going to drill down into this over the weeks to come, but I'm just laying some groundwork tonight, and I've got a final thought if the musicians would go ahead and come. I'm going to close this little devotion out. We're getting ready to worship some more and go into a time of prayer. But here, here's, my final, here's my final thought for this, 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 this little segment tonight. Instead of focusing on what you need to do this year, I need to lose 20 pounds, right? I, 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 need, I need to read my Bible. I, 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 need, I need to do this. I, I need to do that. Instead of starting with what you need to do, instead, instead, why don't you begin thinking about who you need to become? Instead of do, a list of do's, why don't you think about, hey, what does God want me to become? What, what kind of person does God want me to be? What, what is God calling me to be? What is God calling me to become? Not what to do, but who you need to become. Do you want to become bold in your faith this year? Is there anybody who would say, you know what, I, that's what I want. I, I don't want to be timid. I don't want to be shy. I, I, I want to be bold. I, I want to become a person who's bold in their faith. Do, do, you, do, you want to, do you want to go to a new realm in prayer? Is that the kind of person you want to become? Do you desire to be more involved in ministry? Maybe, maybe there's somebody here tonight that you want to become a godly father. There's somebody who says, you know what, I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better employee. I want to begin to take seriously that everything that I do, I do it for the glory of God. I want to be the best employee that I can be. So who is it that you need to become? Maybe you need to become sober this year. Maybe you need to get clean. Maybe you need to be delivered in Jesus' name. Maybe you want to be healthy. Start with who instead of do. Start with who God wants you to be instead of, I'll just do this and I'll just do this. Because listen, your preferred identity will help shape your habits. Who God wants you to be will help you determine what systems you need to put in place to arrive at the destination that he's calling you to. Do follows who. What you need to do flows from who God wants you to become. Romans 6 and 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. No longer slaves to sin. Instead, we are free. Listen, that is our identity in Jesus Christ. That's who he wants you to be. He doesn't want you to live in bondage. He wants you to live in freedom. He doesn't want you to, to live in bondage to bad habits. He don't want you to, to, to live in slavery to your flesh. He wants you to live free. That's 
That's how we start with who. That's why we need to begin with who God sees us to be because your identity will shape your habits. When you know that you're redeemed, you'll live like you're redeemed. When you know that you're blessed coming in and going out, when you know that you are more than a conqueror, that that's what Jesus said about who you are, that that's your identity, when you know that you're more than a conqueror through him, when you know, when you believe that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives us strength, listen, that empowers you to begin to live like it. So listen, you don't have to fall prey. You don't have to fall victim once again to saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to start out and I'm going to try to be different, but I'm probably going to fail again. No, through Christ, you can be victorious in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me right now? And here's what I want us to do. I'm asking the praise singers to come, and it's First Wednesday. We do things different on First Wednesday. They're getting ready to lead us into a song, and I'm just going to ask you to step out and come around the front. And I want us to worship the Lord together. We're going to go into a time of prayer. You're going to be moving around anyway in just a moment. But right now, if you're comfortable, would you just come forward? We're getting ready to, to take some time to pray about what I've been talking to you about. But I'm asking the praise team to sing a song that I believe will help prepare us for this time of prayer we're getting ready to move into. The name of the song they're going to sing, it's not a new song. It's one you know. It's called Believe For It. I believe the original uh, singer, Cece Winans. I know a lot of you love her. But listen, I want to encourage someone here tonight to do exactly what this song says. Believe for it. Believe for it. Believe it's going to change. Believe you can be different. Believe you can have victory in Jesus' name. Come on, you may feel like, you may feel that breaking that stronghold you're dealing with is impossible, but you need to believe for it. You may feel like that mountain that you're facing is unmovable, but you need to believe for it. Come on, would you go ahead and lift your hands right now? Let's sing with them. Let's worship with them. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.